Welcome folks to tonight's session. Tonight I'm going to be teaching a topic on something that I learned this weekend. But I want to entitle it, How do I run to God in a time of crisis? How do I run to God in a time of crisis? Now, I was busy this weekend with some teaching, and one of the concepts that was taught really gripped my spirit, and I want to elaborate on it, and I want to take it quite a lot deeper um, tonight, because I believe that a lot of us could really and truly um, come to a new revelation and a new um, liberation. In other words, it could set us free in a lot of areas. Okay, so tonight I want us to really look at the content of what I'm going to deal with, and I want you to take this thing very seriously, because I believe that this is one of the strongest keys for your deliverance and for bringing you into a place of wholeness with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me start with this. How many times have you seen a Christian who knows the Bible, who knows the Scriptures, but when it comes to a crisis or something goes wrong, they just never go to God? Come on, how many of you know that? How many of us do that? We know the word, we know what we should be doing, but we just never do it. Now let me tell you something that I learned this weekend, and it was brilliant. And it, this, the principle is this. If you only pick up something on your right brain, okay, your right brain is where you'll sit down and get information. Your left brain is where you have an experience. Okay, I need to experience something. So let me give you an example. I say that I love you, but I come and give you a hug, then you've got both brains operating. The right brain will give me the information, the left brain will give me that experience, and that is a balance. That is how we should be operating. You guys with me? But the problem is this, is if you do not have an experience and you only have information, you will always revert to your experience first. You'll always go back to what your experience is. So let's make it very practical. If you know that God is a healer, for instance, you know that scripture, everybody knows the scripture, that God is a healer. But if you are sick, the first thing that you're going to do is go and phone a doctor. Come on, how many people do that? And I just sit so frustrated just at that point. I'm going, God, why don't people just go to you first? In fact, I even went as far as to go and put my telephone number on a magnet and say, if anybody's sick, phone me first. Do you know how few phone calls I get? My telephone number is dished out as far and as broad as I can make it. You know? In fact, we're going on TV now, and I'm the bravest guy you know. I'm actually putting my own phone number on television. It's going to be broadcast right over the continent. I don't have a problem communicating or dealing with people. But what scares me is the fact that I would have thought that a Christian would have used the word first. They know the word, they've been years in the Bible, you know, years in church, and yet they never do that. And I get so frustrated. And you can ask my wife, I sit down and go, what am I going to do to get people to grow up, to change? You know, what was even more scary was the percentage of people that actually change. What was that percentage? 40, 
Only 4% of people actually change. Now that was a scary stat for me. You know, I'm going, Lord, please help us. But God is busy with something. He wants us to get to a place where we genuinely call on Him first. Only we'd like to be in that position. Come on. How many of you would like to get in the position where if something goes wrong or you need something, your first recall is the Lord Jesus Christ. Your first recall is a spiritual um, insight or spiritual intervention into something. Man, we need to get there, guys. And so I believe that tonight I can help us deal with this thing. Okay? And one of the biggest issues that we need to deal with is simply the fact that Jesus loves me. And I'm going to show you some things here that is very, very important for you to understand. And this is really going to help us tonight. Because I believe that God wants to set His people free. I would love to walk in total freedom of every single bondage that Satan has tried to lay on my life and it's made sure that it hasn't worked in my life. Come on, I'm sure we do. Alright? So let's have a look at this thing. In John chapter 3 verse 16, and I'm, I'll be quite shocked if somebody here does not know how to quote the scripture. You don't know, you don't know it. Alright, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know that scripture. Now, I want to deal with the word love there. God so loved the world, that word love is what we call agape love. Okay? And everybody knows this, this is a recap for most of us. But don't worry, it's going to get quite powerful just now. Now, agape love is a supernatural love that you cannot produce out of your own. It is a God-given love to help you fulfill everything that God has on this earth. Okay, so we understand when we speak about agape love, we are talking about a God-given love that is put inside of you to be able to fulfill things on this earth that you would not normally or ordinarily be able to do. That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and then you see the fruits of the Spirit. One of the first ones of the fruits of the Spirit is love. It is a God-given love by the Holy Spirit given to you to help you produce something that you can't do. Where would I use agape love? Is when I've got to love somebody who I normally should hate. In other words, somebody has raped me or abused me, I cannot in my natural love them. So the agape love is a spiritual love that comes, that it supernaturally I can love somebody that I just cannot tolerate. Are you guys with me? Amen? Right through most of the Bible, we are dealing with this agape love. Okay, when the Bible says, love one another, it is agape love. I've got to get a supernatural love for some people. You know, some people you just don't like, no matter how you try. Now, I know that you guys are all spiritual and don't know that issue. But there's some people that you just look at them and you go, Okay, there's just no ways that I can just love you. But when God's love starts operating supernaturally by the Holy Spirit in your life, because remember when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. The reason for that is to help you do what God wants, because God knows you're never going to get it right yourself. 
Okay. So now, we all understand the agape love to a point. In other words, the supernatural love that flows. And God wants us to operate in this. Okay? And God wants us to work with that all of the time. But this is what most Christians understand and most Christians have come to experience. How many of you have had an experience with some sort of a supernatural thing in your life? Either a supernatural love or supernatural peace, or supernatural joy, where it should be in a normal situation, you should be panicking, or falling apart, and suddenly you've got this calm. Have you ever heard that? Alright, that is the peace of God that passes all understanding. That is a supernatural um, trait or ability that is flowing in your life. Okay? And so all of us have had some sort of supernatural intervention that is generated by the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us because we have accepted to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times have you been in a situation where your friends or the peers around you said that you should be acting a certain way and you just don't act? Why? Because God is actually controlling your emotions and working inside of you. Okay, you guys with me? So that is the agape. Okay, that's how the agape love works. It is a supernatural, God-given love that is not your emotions at all. It is a supernatural love that flows from your spirit inside of your life. Right, now, I want us to turn to John chapter 24. And if you guys are not with me, please put up your hand and just say, listen, I don't understand. I want us to understand this tonight. Because this is the part that really starts concerning me. Because people have an abstract um, relationship with God. In other words, God's not here. I can't see God. So I've got to believe God. So that is a right brain action. I have the information, but I don't see Him. Are you guys with me? I don't have the experience of God sitting here and talking to me. Okay? So let's look at what happens here in John. This is very, very significant. Uh, Chapter 21. You guys should be prophetic and guess. Okay? How many chapters in the book of John? Well done. My Bible school scholars. Alright. John chapter 21, verse 15. And I want you to see this because it's so, so important to what we are talking about. And so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. How many of you have read this scripture before? Now I want to show you something that's critical about this. Okay? I want you to have a look at that verse, and we're going to go through this very carefully. When Jesus spoke to Peter, this is what Jesus was saying. Now I want to just give you the two, the three kinds of love that the Bible mentions, okay? There's the agape love, the filio love, and then the eros love. The eros is your physical side. Alright? That's where your sexual area is connected to. The filio is your emotional side. Connected to your soul. 
This is your brotherly love. This is where you come and give, you know, the guys come and they give each other a good hug, you know. I'm your chummy, come give me a big hug. Okay, that is the filio. The agape is the God-centered supernatural love that passes all understanding and flows. Are you guys with me? So when Jesus Christ came, God had said, I love the world so much that I gave my son. I agape the love unconditionally. I give this love. There is no condition to it. You guys with me? It is a spiritual supernatural love that flows. So yeah, Jesus comes to Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, do you agape me more than these? And guess what Peter says? You know that I filio you. Peter's going, I don't understand agape. Remember, Peter's not even born again. He has never got born again. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. He doesn't understand agape. So Jesus goes, do you supernaturally, unconditionally love me more than everybody else? And then Peter goes, no, I filio you. I only know you as my chummy. I know you out of my natural senses, my soul realm. So he's going, I don't understand the spiritual realm. I don't understand what you're talking about. Do you understand? So Jesus goes, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter goes, you know that I filio you. So guess what Jesus does? He repeats the question. And he says to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? And so guess what Peter goes? He goes, he says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I filio you. Then he goes, tend my sheep. You see? And there's this crisscross between the two. So you must understand, Peter was in a situation where he had never experienced the spiritual. So he did not relate to it. He did not understand it. He was not even born again. So the third time that Jesus Christ came and spoke to him, then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of our Jonah, and listen to what Jesus does this time. He says, do you filio me? He, by the third time, Jesus tweaked onto this, listen, Peter doesn't have a clue about agape. By the third time, Jesus now brings it down to his level. He says, Peter, do you filio me? And then he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I filio you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. One of the translations said that Peter got irritated by now. Okay. So I want you to see something here that is significant. Peter had a filio relationship with Jesus all the time. He had a physical relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He could give him a hug. He could walk on water with him. He could grab his hand when he was sinking. So he understood filio. And for Peter, he needed to get a revelation of agape. When did Peter get his revelation of agape love? When he got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And then he started to preach. And all of a sudden, Peter got such a love for the people. And wherever he went, he just started to minister and release the power of God. And that's why even in the books of Peter, you'll see that he sits down and he speaks a lot about how he loves people. 
And every time Peter speaks about loving, he's always excuse me, mentioning agape love, agape love, agape love. Because Peter could only operate in agape love when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, when he got saved, when he got born again. Remember when he went after Jesus got raised from the dead and the disciples were there and he says listen call them all together and remember Peter that was now on his own mission and then Peter came in and then Jesus breathed on them and they all received the Holy Spirit Okay, from then they could start understanding agape because it was a spiritual impartation and agape only operates from the Holy Spirit why? because agape comes out of a fruit of the Holy Spirit it's not your fruit it's the Holy Spirit's fruit. It comes from the Holy Spirit that's going to help you do this. So only the Holy Spirit can help you genuinely love somebody unconditionally. So Peter gets this experience. So he understood his life was, I had the experience first, and then I got the word or the spiritual coming next, the scripture. Do you understand? So he started from the left brain, he had his experience, and then he went to the right brain as God started to give him truth. So his balance was there. When he started to understand agape, he started to understand it properly because he had had the experience. He knew that Jesus Christ could heal people and do whatever. So that's why Peter, it wasn't a big deal for Peter because he had experienced this stuff. When it was a big deal with somebody who was sick, he goes, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I don't have silver and gold, but in Jesus' name, stand up. To the point that even his shadow was healing people. Why? Because he understood it. He had seen Jesus do all of these things. But our lives work differently. When you get to accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, who actually sees Jesus standing there? Anybody? You are accepting the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Everybody accepts the Lord Jesus Christ from our right brain. We believe the scripture, we believe what God says, and we accept the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Because none of us have actually seen Jesus Christ or shaken his hand. You guys with me? So we have had a right brain experience. Now what did I tell you? The minute a crisis hits, you're going to go where your experience is. So what happens in Peter's life? Whenever there was a crisis, after he got full of the Holy Spirit, every time there was a crisis, he used to run directly to God. When they put him in prison, did he panic? What would the old Peter have done? My man, he would have moaned like crazy. Come on. When Jesus Christ died, he says, I'm quitting this whole Christianity, I'm going to go catch fish. That's what he did. You know, he would have thrown his toys out so hard. But once he had got the revelation of who Jesus Christ was, the risen Christ, I'm telling you right now, he never looked back again. Whenever there was a crisis, the first thing he does is turn to God. Now we need to get to that same place. So I went into the scriptures and I started to look at this and I said, God, the reason why we do not turn to you first is because we have not really had an experience with you. We have not had an experience with the living God. If you have an experience with the living God, you're always going to run there first. So do you know what I found very, very, very interesting here? 
is I want us quickly to turn to John chapter 16. And this really blessed me when I saw this. And I pray that this helps you tonight. Are you guys still with me? You guys still with me? Tell me when you're there. You guys there? Alright. It says this, verse 27. It says this, For the Father Himself loves you because you have loved Me. This is Jesus speaking. And you have believed that I came forth from God. Now this is something very interesting. He says this, For the Father Himself filios you. How many of you have seen God the Father? Even the disciples, did they see God the Father? No, they didn't. So yeah, God the Father says, Jesus is saying, the Father filios you. In other words, physically gives you an experience with Him. Because you have filioed me. And you have believed that I have come from God. What does that mean? It means that it is possible that every single one of us could have an experience with a living God. I want to tell you right now, if you have had a physical experience, I'm not talking about a spiritual one, where you actually physically feel God's love on your life, you are going to start running after that every time something comes your way. When you have had a physical experience of God's truth and word operating in your life, if you've had a physical healing, if God has touched your life that you've had a physical healing, you will always run to God. I have seen people who have had an encounter with God. They would sit down and they would go into a thing and be in worship. And this is why it's so critical that our worship is right. That we bring an intimacy, power of God into a meeting. Because it gives us an experience with a living God. When we sit down and say, God, show me your love. Give me an encounter with the Father. But not an agape, I need a filio. In my soul, in my physical body, I need to touch a living God. I need to feel your presence. You see, so many times, I'll sit down in a fire conference and there'll be some people that have never felt the presence of God before. They'll come there and I'll just touch them and I'll physically feel electricity going through their body and they're going, what on earth? Some of them will be quite nervous. Until they realize this is the true power of God that I'm experiencing. So the thing is this, if you find yourself... Running off a natural experience before getting to God first, the problem is a very simple one. You have not experienced a filial touch of God in your life. If you say to God, God, touch me today. Give me an experience. Give me an encounter with you. You must know, once you've had an encounter with a living God, you're never going to be the same again. You see, Paul had it that way. Paul was walking down the road and he had an encounter with a living God. His life was never ever the same again. You never see Paul ever wavering that God is God. 
You never see Paul wavering to change sides again whether I should go and persecute Christians or doubt the Word of God. From that day, he had had a a spiritual experience as well as a physical touch. His left and his right brain matched. So our right brain, it is not good enough for you to sit down and say, I believe God. You actually have to experience God. And once you've experienced God, you'll always run to the experience. You say, God, you've hauled me out of this mess before. It has been done before. That's why the Bible says, always remember the things that God has done for you. Why? Because it helps you remember the experience. It helps you to remember what God has done. And you know what? God actually says to Israel at one point, He says, this is the sin that I have against you, is that you have forgotten the deeds and the mighty works that I've done for you. God sees it as a sin, and He started to hold them accountable, because they did not remember the things that God had done. But as you sit here tonight, I want to challenge us to say, God, give me an experience with the living God. Give me an experience that I know that I can run to you first. I'm telling you right now, if every single one of us had that thing, my phone will be ringing off the hook. People will say, God, I need you first. Let the church pray. Let the church seek the answer and get this breakthrough. You see, I believe in a spiritual answer to every physical thing. It always starts in the spirit and comes into the natural. So the same thing happened with your salvation. It starts in the spiritual, but it has to be an experiential experience in your life. So I want to challenge us today to seek this scripture out. God the Father himself loves me. God, I don't want to know that in my head. I want to feel that. God, you love me. The word says that you love me. Let me experience that in Jesus' name. You can't fake this and you can't make this thing up. The only way that you can do this, and it's not like we all line up and I lay hands on you. Okay, it's not like that. It's got to be a place where you hunger for God and say, God, I hunger for that experience. Lord, I hunger for that encounter. It is like Jacob when he fought to that angel. He says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. It is a hunger. God, give me an experience of a living God. I hunger and I desire and I seek after you. You know that I've had experiences where God has touched me, when God has given me an encounter with Him. I'm telling you, you never become the same again after that. It changes the way that you are. Let me tell you something, when I've had revelations of certain things, I will never recant of that thing because I know that God is real. I know that God is real. I don't doubt that at all. Why? Because I've had experiences with a living God. Let me tell you something, healing is not enough to keep you there. I'll tell you why. I've seen so many people healed. You see, the power of God is there to sit down and show people and demonstrate and draw them. But it doesn't change you. An encounter with a living God, the intimacy anointing with God will change you forever. The minute I experience the love of God in my life and know that God really loves me, You will never convince me of anything else. And if I know God loves me, who am I going to run to? Most of us don't have a safe haven. If I know God really loves me and He's fighting my case, who are you going to run to? Come on, think of a little child. Who's a child going to run to when there's crisis? 
Hey, daddy, mom, man. My daddy is bigger than your daddy. He can beat you up. Well, listen, we're dealing with a daddy who created everything. So this thing that you come up with bigger than that, you'll just create something bigger than that anyway. Come on. You see, so I want to tell you, healing is not going to do it for you. A miracle is not going to do it. The guys in the Bible, whenever they had a miracle, they still turned on Jesus. What is going to do it? A supernatural encounter with the living God. Saying, God, I understand. I've had an experience with a God that loves me so much. I know that He loves me because I have felt it. I've had an experience with Him. I want to challenge each person here. Whether you do it in worship, whether you sit down in your quiet time, whatever it is, whichever way that you deal with God, say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you have touched me and I've had an experience with you. Because I need to know that there is an agape love and a filial love operating in my life. I need both in order for me to be a fulfilled human being. And let me tell you something, when that thing takes place in your life, you are always going to run to God. You're going to run to the rock. You're going to run and hide away under that shadow of His wing. You're going to say, God, you are protecting me. I don't care what comes in this world. I know that I've got a daddy who loves me. You see, if you don't have that, you're always going to be looking for something. And you're always going to try and work it out in your natural And you know what the worst is? You're going to start sitting down and saying, what have I done wrong? Or why are you feeling guilty about this and heavy about that? And you're going to keep sitting down and saying, listen, this this life comes. And life comes, eh? The Bible says that you shall have troubles. If you breathe, you are going to have troubles. If you are not having troubles, you're dead. Okay? Come on. Who's had it so, so been so easy and there's never been an issue in your life? Either that or you're a liar. Okay? But when trouble comes, my question is, what's your first recall? If your first recall is not Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you right now. Right now, start getting hungry for that encounter. Because I believe with all my heart that if we could have an encounter with a living God, it can set a precedent in your life, in your family's life, in everybody's life. The first recall is Jesus Christ. Because we've experienced the power of God. We've experienced the intimacy of God. The presence of God that changes. The presence of God will change you forever. And this is one of the reasons why I encourage people to get together. And come together to church. You know a lot of people are taking... And I understand... Excuse me if you're in a place where there is no church... But what I don't understand is where the, where the presence of God is and people don't want to come together. See, the Bible says that in my presence is fullness of joy. When the body of Christ comes together, stuff starts happening. The intimacy starts taking place. The corporate anointing, the presence of God comes into a place and gives you that experience and it changes your life. What happens with one encounter with a living God can take years of counsel. Years. So I want to challenge us tonight. Go and get your experience. Go get angry for that experience and say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you touch me. I'm not going to let you go until I have experienced the living God because your word says 
that the Father Himself loves me, and yet I don't believe it. Because if I really believed it, I would run to Him. If I really believed it, He would be my first recall. The God who created everything says that He loves me. And genuinely means it, that He gave His Son, unconditionally, but He doesn't love me on my right brain. The Bible says that He loves me on my left brain. He loves me so that I can have an experience with a living God. Let me tell you something. When I, when I heard about this concept, and obviously it wasn't as in-depth as where I'm going now, I saw a key to set us free. A lot of us struggle with a lot of things. And the reason why we are struggling is because we don't really have an experience of the living God. If we could get this thing sorted out properly, it will sort out a lot of issues in our lives. So tonight the question is this. It's a very simple test. Who do you run to first? You see, if you run to Jesus immediately, that means you've had your experience. And let me tell you something, you're going to have stuff in your life that you're going to be dealing with and growing. We're all growing. Okay, the Bible says that we're going to prune our tree and prune our fruit and stuff. I mean, the day that you think that you sorted out, you're lying. Okay, we're going to be busy right until Jesus comes. We're going to be sorting out stuff. That's not the issue. The issue is this, is once you've had an encounter, do you keep that freedom? You know, I've seen people once they've had an encounter, they keep that freedom. That encounter is so hectic in their lives. Their lives change so much that they don't go back. Paul had that. He didn't go back. You go look at the guys who have a genuine encounter. They don't just go back. Moses didn't backslide. You ever see ones where Moses backslid? Man, when you've had an encounter with a living God, you are not the same and you just don't go back. Why? Because you've had an experience. You go, that experience is so awesome, I'm not going anywhere else. So I want us to pray tonight. I hope this is helping you. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, I pray for every single person tonight. Lord, I thank you that we've had the agape experience of who you are. Lord, that we know what it is to have unconditional love flowing in our lives, unconditional things um, taking place and the peace of God and the joy of God and the love of God flowing through because of the Holy Spirit in us. But Lord, many of us do not understand the filial love of God. We have not understood that there is a God who wants to physically touch us, physically give us an experience that you are alive. Lord, I pray right now that every single person at the sound of my voice will start getting hungry. Lord, that we will get so hungry to say, I want to meet with a living God. Lord, I thank you for that experience. Lord, I thank you that every single person will seek you until they get to the place of that experience in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for your presence to move every single time worship is played and ministered. Lord, I pray for your presence. Lord, that when we come into worship, that your presence changes us. Lord, that we are not changed by the power, but we are changed by the presence of a living God, an encounter with a living God. Lord, that we will experience your presence. Lord, your tangible anointing on our lives. 
Lord, I pray right now that we will not settle for second best. Lord, that when a crisis comes, we run to Daddy. We run to the Father because we've had an experience with the living God. Lord, I thank you that we will be balanced men and women, knowing the truth out of your word and out of faith. But Lord, at the same time, we have an experience where we've seen the presence in action. Lord, when we see your presence in our lives, Lord, I pray right now that we are never going to be the same again. And Lord, I pray that we will not stop until we've had an encounter with the living God. And we thank you for this tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, folks, for listening to today's message. I trust that you are blessed by it. If you would like to receive these message links directly to your phone, please WhatsApp me on my direct number, 082-659-2224. Or if you have any questions that I might be able to help you with. And remember that we've got many, many other resources available for you. So please have a look at our website, www.fathersheart.co.za. Also, subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's word as he reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.